0: check 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 check. yeah all right good I'm super excited that today uh, it's an all-family Sunday for Palm Sunday because honestly Palm Sunday feels like it's an all-family thing doesn't it so I'm really happy that you're here and actually um, what we're going to do today is we're actually going to go on a journey so I've got my I got my fancy running shoes on I hope that you've got comfy footwear yeah I don't know that's good that's good okay so I'm just going to get my bag because I have a bag too and uh, we're gonna, while well, we're getting the sound perfect, we will, let me see, I just got some stuff in my bag. Okay, water, always need water on the road. Map. Do we have the map? Let me see. Oh yeah, I, is that okay? All right, so here I am, I've, I've got my scarf on. I don't know if you've noticed, that scarves are really handy to have, and some of you look like you could use a scarf or two. You need a scarf. Cynthia, you definitely need a scarf. Scarfs are great, because you can use them to you know, cuddle up at night. and They keep you warm. It's kind of cool. Kimmy, you definitely need a scarf. Look at this. Kimmy, looks like you could, oh, yeah? Ava, it looks like you could use this. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but. <laughs> I, it was in my bag, so I thought I'd give it away. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I asked the youth group how we could improve like our all family Sundays. And so they said, serve Oreos, so <laughs> I thought I would. Right, so, so here they are, they're in my bag. And for those of you who are giving up chocolate, okay, all right, for, for Lent, you know, it is Lent, so. Yeah, okay. All right, oh, there's one more thing you're gonna need, and that is you should probably be, I know everybody takes one camping, right? But you probably should wanna be in close proximity to a Bible. There's some behind Ruth. Does anybody have a Bible? Can I hear some with, like, Post-its? I've made it easy for you. I mean, how, you need a couple? You want a Bible? Help, Help me out, folks, pass them out. You guys definitely need a Bible. All right, so I think I think we're ready for our journey now. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Let me get my map out. Oh, there's actually one. I'm just going to check out my. You okay? I mean, I have to get my Google map out <laughs> actually. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get the Google map. Please. All right. Here we go. Okay. So. Did you notice in our reading today that there was actually part of the, that there was kids in the reading? Did anybody notice the kids in the reading? Yeah? Any kids notice a kid? Did any of the kids notice the kids in the reading today? Yes? What, 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 where? At the end, what were the kids doing? Does anybody remember what the kids were doing? It's actually in your cheat sheets. So if you if you check out the Bible that you're supposed to have close to you, what are they saying? What are the kids saying? The kids are saying Hosanna, right? Anybody, anybody, do we need to have some, get get some Bibles to the kids? You, just, you can have a Bible. If, yeah. What are the, what are the kids saying? They're saying Hosanna, and the teachers are saying to Jesus, make them shut up. Like they shouldn't be saying that. And they're just running around saying, Hosanna. I love the kids. They're always saying what the adults are thinking. Okay, so let's start our journey. Are we okay for sound? All right, good. We'll see, should I stop moving or something? Okay. All right, I'm gonna stop. Okay, can I just say, okay, all right. Okay, that's good, thanks a lot. Gosh, so technically challenged. This is where we're going today. And so we're not only going to this part of the world, do you know where this is? Sort of? You recognize the boot, the famous boot, thank God that Italy was made like a boot so we all know where we are in the world. Okay, so there's Italy. And actually we're traveling back in time to the roman empire and we're going to be going to israel which is way over whoops looks like something shifted but that's kind of the area we're going and we are actually uh it's a time when israel was actually kind of at the edges of the roman empire the roman empire was a very strong oppressive empire and by being at the edges of the roman empire they kind of were a bit of a backwater but the way that the romans ruled in their day was that they said they ruled through kind of collaboration with local leaders and in fact the romans were propping up this king called herod who was kind of jewish enough to pass as jewish but his alliance was actually with rome so it was really an unhappy time it was a dangerous time in israel where we're going so you have to be a little bit careful and it'll give you a chance uh, opportunity to say some things today that would have gotten you in big trouble back then but Since we've a little few centuries removed, we can say that. But just as we go, before we start, I'd like to just pray for some traveling mercies, okay? Father God, as we come wanting to, to travel together and to see you in a new way today, I pray that you would give us traveling mercies as we go in our minds and imaginations to Jerusalem following Jesus. Especially help us on the treacherous road between Jericho and Jerusalem. And for those here today, Lord, who have come with heavy hearts, I pray that they would especially be able to see you in a new way today, that we would be able to help them join us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's go on to the map. I'll just show you a little closer up before we're going. Next one. Okay, so this is, oh. So this is, uh, this is the map of where we're going and this is Israel close up and in fact what we're going to be doing is going from Galilee, which is that little sort of like lake up at the top where Jesus has been, um, where lives and works and has been sort of acting, and we're going to go down to Jerusalem, can you see sort of straight down, do you see that big body of water at the bottom, that's the Dead Sea, and so just to your right or to west, you'll see Jerusalem that's where we're going okay now there's two routes to get to, to Jerusalem from Galilee you can go straight down and that's called the Samaritan route and it's a nice short route but you've probably heard that the Samaritans and the Jews don't exactly like each other so in fact people don't go that route they go the long route the Jordan route so we have to go to our right I guess we have to go to our right to the east Yes, and and you see that the line that joins the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea, that's the Jordan River. So that's the way that we're going to go down. So it's about 125 kilometers, and there's no car. There's just these guys. So how long do you think it's going to take? Yeah, at least, uh, I'd say four, maybe five. Four to five days, okay? So you're walking along and there's a great pilgrimage because, in fact, the Torah says that every male should go to Jerusalem for Passover every year. Now, in fact, they didn't go every year, but it was a real practice to go for this great pilgrimage to go to Jerusalem for the time of Passover. So there's a lot of people on the road and it starts gathering steam because more and more people are going. And in fact, Matthew tells us that Jesus crossed to the other side of the Jordan because he wanted to spend a little bit more time with his disciples. He was saying some pretty heavy things to him. Didn't you notice at the beginning of the reading? He wanted time alone with them. And But as he's going, of course, there's this huge buzz around Jesus because everybody's talking, everybody's on social media saying, hashtag what? What's he up to? Have you heard? It, it, their hash, the social media was a teeny bit different in those days than it is now. It's kind of looked a lot more like this, hang on. That's what social media looked like in those days. And what I'd like you to do right now is just talk to each other, do a little, um, you know, old fashioned social media, talk to each other. What have you heard about Jesus? What have you heard about Jesus? What have you heard what he's up to? What's he doing? What's Jesus been doing? Okay, okay. I, I think social media is a problem. I think we have to sort of wean you off social media for a bit. And uh, what's he doing? What did you hear? What have you heard about Jesus? He heals people. It's astounding. Raised from the dead. He raised this guy from the dead after four days. Patty told us last week. What else did he do? Come on, really? He confounded the. Did you hear what he said? I mean, he says these crazy things. I can't believe it. I mean, it's just amazing. I can't get it out of my head. What else is he saying? He walked on water. I, I heard he walked on water. He does some. Pardon? So, some people say he's the son of God. Okay, this is where it gets really bad because you know, people are not just. It's not just hashtag what. The hashtag is who is this? And. So people are saying wow this is really something what, what's going on and, in fact, Jesus talked to his disciples and he said, what do people say about me, what are they saying. And what did his disciples say does anybody remember I don't have a little post it for you, but I know that I got really smart adults in here, too, so what did, what did the ad, what did the disciples say that people were saying about him. Some people said he was john the Baptist who was somebody who'd come alive again right who else. Elijah yeah so they knew this is a prophet this is like amazing so it was pretty safe to say this guy's our prophet but actually people in their own private hashtags with their enclosed names they were saying things like could he be the one could he be the one we're waiting for could he be the king you know we're waiting for the king from the lineage of David and I've heard some things about him I I know he lives in Nazareth but his people come from Bethlehem you know and they're from the line of David and you know everything he's saying and he's doing right it just makes you makes you think you know this could be it it could be the return of the king so the buzz is going and by the time he gets to Jericho There's a lot of crowds everywhere Jesus is going people are going Jesus of Nazareth Jesus of Nazareth they're all pointing out to him let's go to let's go to the last. leg. so this is the last leg from Jericho to Jerusalem so it's about 15 kilometers on the map but i've drawn it to be like really circuitous like that because, in fact. You it's going a lot of switchbacks and it takes about eight to nine hours for a really good healthy person to walk that way. It's like imagine going from here to or something like that in one day. So it's a long way. And the reason it takes so long is because it's actually uphill. And if we were able to cut a line right through that red line, this is what it would look like the next slide. You see, it goes way up. And so that's a huge change in elevation. I don't know if you're a feet or meter person, But it's a 3,000, over 3,500, about 3,500 foot change and about a thousand meters. So what I've done to help us is I've actually drawn in at the bottom here. Oops, can we go back? Oops, no, I must've missed one. It doesn't, I probably missed something, but what I did in one of them, no, no, it's okay. We'll go back there. No, no, it's on the same one. What I had done was that I had I had drawn in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up and show you, I'm gonna move away from my mic. I had drawn in, like if you were going from the old port to uh, the top of the Mount Royal, it would be like from here to here, okay? We got a long way to go, all right? So we're going up. Now, what's cool and exciting is what happens in Jericho. Just as they're leaving to get going on their journey, We read this, I'm just going to go through it again. I'm going to be asking questions. You might want to have your cheat sheets out there. As as he's leaving Jericho, Matthew says that there was a crowd following him. And as they are leaving, there's two blind men on the way out of Jericho. And they are, I mean, this is great, right? Good begging time when you're a beggar, because all the pilgrims are coming by. And they hear all this buzz too, and they say, what's going on? And they, and they say, um, oh, I have to go back. One of the reasons that they're there and they're not going to Jerusalem, why might they not be going to Jerusalem? They can't see. I mean, there's lots of switchbacks, right? They can't get up those switchbacks. But you know, there's another reason. And the other reason is that They're not allowed in the temple. They're not allowed in the temple because, you know, when we read in Isaiah about uncircumcised and unclean, nobody who was not in a good state could go in the temple. And that included blind people, people who were sick. So they couldn't go in the temple. We couldn't go in the temple. Most of us are uncircumcised, we're Gentiles. We couldn't go in the temple. So they're they're making the most of the the part of the pilgrimage that they can enjoy which is getting money. So they hear the crowd and they say, who is it? And they, and they say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And so what do they do? Tell me what they do. What do they say? Yes, they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And what does the crowd around them do? They tell him to be quiet. Now, why do you think they're telling him to be quiet? These are not wasps and they're not saying, please don't talk so loud, you know? Why do you think they might be telling him to be quiet? It's dangerous. That's subversive language. Excuse me, have you noticed the Romans? Have you noticed that King Herod is king? And you're using this language of the son of David. Excuse me, that is super dangerous. Let's not start a riot right here and now. So they tell him to be quiet. And what do they do? What does it say they do? They shout louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And he stops and he says to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, we want our sight we want to see and out of pity he touches them and he gives them back their sight and what do they do they follow him okay so we're going up the Jerusalem road there's a huge crowd and now there's these two guys who've been healed and they are seeing, and they're on their way to Jerusalem. They're gonna get to the temple. They're like, it's just so exciting. And people are pointing at them, and they're eyes Jesus, and it's just a buzz. <sighs> they're puffing and huffing, but it's such a buzz because Jesus is a rock star. He is a rock star, and he is just—it's just so exciting. And they are huffing and puffing, and they get up, and they're getting up to the summit, and. The Mount of Olives is amazing because from the Mount of Olives, you can just look over and you can see Jerusalem and you want to just sit there for a little bit and take it all in. You're like an hour, an hour and a half away from Jerusalem. And Jesus does something kind of dramatic there. He goes, and we heard this, that's why we're here today. He tells some of his disciples to go and get a a donkey and its mother and bring them to him. And then Jesus rides in to Jerusalem. Okay. By this time, people are saying out loud what they've been saying privately, and they're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They're saying it out loud. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they're waving branches, but they're doing something else, too. Does that anybody know what else they're doing? Take your cloaks off. They're throwing their cloaks on the ground. And that signals something super important, because that's what they did to receive a king, that's what they did when Judas Maccabeus was returning after liberating them 20 year, 200 years before. This is something you do for a coming king. So the whole, the revolution that started with the blind men outside of Jericho has picked up steam and they're all saying Hosanna to the son of David next slide oops next one i'm sorry this is not the right slide <laughs> next one. Oh, wait sorry okay i'm sorry i I've, I've messed up a little bit on what i was saying so they're saying hail king jesus essentially they're saying blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord so these are some of the psalms that they would have been singing at passover time <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm a little bit confused now, because I didn't get the latest version up on the slideshow, so I'm hoping that we're OK. So so they're saying, Hosanna to the King of David. And they know. But then when they come into the city, Matthew tells us the whole city is like stirred up. And they're saying, what? Who is this? And what what do they say? I think it's the next one. Yeah, hashtag, who is this? And you notice that all of a sudden, everybody's being very politically correct. They're saying, oh, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth and Galilee. But you know what? It looks like the kids didn't get the memo because when we see him going to the temple the next day, the kids are, are they're all running around saying, Hosanna to the son of David. And the teachers say, hey, tell, your, tell those kids to shut up. And Jesus says, They've got it right. He is the son of David. And so this takes us to this place. I'm kind of, I'm gonna to have to, I'm okay, but I, I just know that this, these are not slides I was gonna do in. And the way that they react is that they get indignant. What does indignant mean? Upset, here's some emojis. Oops, we missed it. There's nothing left there? Okay, let's go on. This is my problem because I changed versions. I changed versions. And I did, that's my bad. So I'm not quite sure where to go now, I feel like. So they're just indignant. And, you know, sometimes at this time of year, we kind of get, I kind of get indignant sometimes too, because. I want Jesus, I love it, the fact that we get to say, hail King Jesus. But you know what's coming, don't you? We're at the beginning of Holy Week. And I did something myself kind of subversive this time when I was preparing. I actually didn't choose the lectionary readings. I chose the readings before the lectionary readings. So in fact, the real lectionary reading today was supposed to be Isaiah 53. So since you've got your Bibles, what does Isaiah 53 take? What does that say? Isaiah 52, 13 through Isaiah 53. What does that say? It's, yeah, it's the suffering servant. It's a picture that Isaiah has about how Jesus suffered and what he had to go through, and he bore our sins. Yeah. What about Psalm, the, the Psalm that comes after Psalm 21? yeah that's what Jesus cries out on the cross and we sometimes don't want to hear that I really want to hear you know Psalm 21 about a king who's coming to save us a king who is God's pleasure a king who is going to be everything we were ever dreaming of and Isaiah you know that we are now returning from exile that we are coming back we're coming home So sometimes, we're gonna get back to our map now. I have no idea where we are in my previous slides. Okay. So sometimes it really feels like we're up on Palm Sunday on Mount of Olives. And we know that we have to go through this valley to get to Easter, and it's kind of uncomfortable. And I'm really hoping that this Easter, as you travel, that you'll have the courage to go into that valley and to understand a little bit of what Jesus has done for you. And I want to just move on. I'm scared to use any PowerPoints. I'm going to stay right there. (laughs) Because one of the hard things is that we get confronted with what Jesus did. He's not the king that they were expecting, that Psalm 21 made people expect. He's not the king that we're expecting. He's not the king that I am expecting. Lent has been a hard journey for me. And I realized as I was traveling up that journey and preparing for this sermon, I was listening to my prayers and I was like, yeah, I'm always asking Jesus to come and kind of be my assistant. (laughs) Could you help me with this? Could you you help me on that and heal so-and-so? And like, I want Jesus to be my king but basically i want him to be my assistant because i find it hard to surrender to his kingship cuz his kingship feels scary it feels confusing like i wanted him to like wipe out his enemies and instead it looks like he's powerless it looks like it's a failure it looks like he's died in abject Failure. And, you know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane in chapter 26 of Matthew, and they came to arrest him, his disciples, they put up a pretty good fight, and they took out their swords, and Jesus said to them, Put your swords away. Don't you know that I could ask my father, and he would instantly provide 12 legions of angels to save me? Do you really, he didn't say this, but he was kind of implying, do you really think I need the help of just 12 humans? I've got it all at my disposal, but he gave it all up. And that's pretty confrontational for us when we want to advance our own power and our own kingdom. And it doesn't always look like Jesus won, does it? We talked today about his victory, but sometimes it feels like Jesus, like, like like they won, that the bad guys won, that the Romans crucified him, that religious powers were jealous and crucified him. His, the crowd became cowardly at the last minute. Even his friends abandoned him. Like, I don't wanna go there. Have you ever wondered why they call it Good Friday? Like, what is that, right? Does that seem good to you? What would you call it? What would you call it? Dark Friday, I like that. Abomination, horrible Friday. It's just like, it's really hard to be in the Kidron Valley, thinking about what happened. But you know, what's amazing and shocking about Jesus' power is the effect of what he did. By giving in to the inhuman cruelty, by giving in to the oppressor, By just actually giving up his right to justice, his right to life, Jesus changed everything. He actually defeated the powers. They thought they had him. They thought, hey, this is easy. That was a lot easier than I thought. They thought I had him, but he defeated them ultimately. And the real Jesus superpower might have been powerlessness, but I think it was even something else. And as I was thinking about it, you know, I was thinking that when he told his disciples earlier we were reading, he said, not even because the Son of Man, he comes and he lays down his life, he's served others, he laid down his life as a ransom for many. What is a ransom? Do you know anybody know what a ransom is? This time a kid has to answer. No offense, Louise. I know you're a kid at heart. What's a ransom? Ava, do you know what a ransom is? No? Anybody? No? It's a, it's a tough, tough one. What's sum of money? No? Ransom? It's a sum of money and usually it's in return for somebody. So if you got kidnapped, um, Truman, if you got kidnapped and your parents got a note and it said, give us $100,000 or we'll kill your kid, what would your parents do? They would go crazy, right? <laughs> they would go, we're, we're selling our car. We're mortgaging our house. We're humiliating ourselves. We're borrowing from friends. Every, every parent in this room would do that. I would have done that. Because that's the thing that you do for love. You just, you, you'll do anything for the one that you love. And you know, that made me realize, wow, for God, so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his unique son and his unique son surrendered to total humiliation to the point of death at humanity, at the hand of humanity. So that whoever, friend, enemy, whoever, whoever trusts in him, would not succumb to the destructive power of death, but would be able to enjoy the unquenchable life that is in God. And that is the shocking nature of King Jesus power. King Jesus power is shocking because it has got such overwhelming love. I hope that you will experience that this week as you go through the Kidron Valley and come up to Easter Sunday. But you know, sometimes I know that Easter is coming and I know that Jesus won, that's what we say. But you know, sometimes it doesn't really feel like it, does it? Sometimes it feels like, yeah, the bad guys are still in power. And it kind of hurts. And Jesus, at the very end of uh, uh, John, One of Jesus disciples at the very end of his life when he was a very old man he was actually in prison because he was a follower of Jesus and he must have wondered too sometimes like did I miss something somewhere is this supposed to be happening and so what Jesus did was that he gave John a series of visions revelations to show him what was happening in this space called the heavenlies or the heavenly realm that we can't see, but is very, very real. And there is a raging war going on between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And so Revelation tells us all about that. And he asked John to write it all down so that future followers of Jesus would actually be encouraged and have the strength to go on. And I just want to finish with um, one of the things, the, the vision that was given to John of the king at the very end. And he said, I don't know if I have, do I have Revelations on there at all? <laughs> Thank you. Next one? No, sorry. OK, I'm going to read you Revelations. So. We have this poetic vision or a glimpse of what he was looking at. And it starts off by saying, I saw the heavens opened. I was able to see what's happening in the heavens. And behold, yeah, Revelations 19, 11 to 16, if you wanna go there. I saw one sitting on a white horse and on his head, not just one crown, many crowns. And his eyes are like flames of fire. And his robe is a cloth dipped in blood and there's armies of heaven arrayed in white pure linen behind him they're marching with him and he judges in righteousness and he makes war and there's this strange image of a mouth of of a sword coming out of his mouth that's the sword of judgment he judges correctly and also he has he, he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God. That blood on his cloak that we see imaginary isn't the blood of his enemies. It's his own blood that he tread the winepress of the wrath of God. And he has a mouth and he has a name written on himself that no one knows except himself. He's called faithful and true. He's called the word of God. And he's got a name written on his thigh and on his clothes. And that name says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is our Messiah. I think, I think we should be okay. Oh, one more, I guess we could go back. I just want you to read Psalm 21, thinking this time about Jesus and not about King David or the king you were expecting. I'm going to let you read that and just think of Jesus as you read that. He is the king that we're waiting for. He is the king that we want and we can say together, cloaks, palms, trees, everything, hail King Jesus. Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he, say it with me, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, faithful and true, word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords.